Hey, welcome to Answer the Call. This is Kelsey Kemp. I am a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their calling and practically find a job or start a business that's aligned with it. And here we are. I'm doing my yearly wrap up. I don't know if you could hear my cats freaking out in the background. I've decided that for once I'm going to treat myself and not record this in the closet. I'm a little sick of sitting in the closet. I've graduated to my desk. The audio quality might be questionable, um, but this is also somewhat spontaneous because I've kind of had to work myself up to doing this year in review episode that I've been planning to release or record and then release for a while. Um, but honestly, I just found myself really... I hate sounding negative. Literally, I do hate sounding negative because I really like to be a very positive person. But um, I just had so much hesitance in reflecting over this last year because personally for me, um, as many of you might relate, it was a, a hard one. But I literally felt my highest highs and my lowest lows ever um, in this last year and not necessarily related to all of the events that we hear ourselves, um, or that we find ourselves in historically. Uh, so that was kind of unique. I wouldn't say a lot of it was just directly related to the pandemic and whatnot. It just happened to be a wonderful, uh, you know, what storm for other reasons, but, um, I do just really still, have to give God the glory because as I did force myself to uh, reflect on this last year and record this episode, which you might be wondering, like, what the heck, if you didn't want to, this is your podcast. Um, and yes, I do have creative direction over things, but I really enjoy the idea of doing these yearly roundups and reflections as I did. I started last year. Um, as kind of a personal diary, but then to just also be very honest, I have appreciated the element of starting this community and this podcast and my coaching practice. Um, I've enjoyed the element that really just feels like such a community and I've developed so many friendships with you guys and I know that y'all really love sharing uh, in a lot of this like the behind the scenes details with me. Um, and it kind of feels like these year uh, yearly review episodes are kind of like my diaries of the early years of business. I'm coming up um, this April, it'll be three years in business. And oh my gosh, each year after year just is so different um, in the best ways usually. Um, but anyway, I did find it important just to uh, stick with that practice and I knew I might regret it one day if I just thought oh no there was sad stuff that happened I don't want to reflect on it um, but as you'll hear there was a lot of good stuff too um, and I just want to also be in the practice of praising God for the good and the bad because it's literally it will always be beyond my understanding why things work out the way they work out um, and I believe that even if God oh gosh Kelsey even if he explained all of them to me, I would never understand. I wouldn't be able to understand, but I believe that he is good in all of them. Just like my finite human brain isn't capable of the role of God and being partners with him and understanding the tapestry of events. But anyway, 
to start off on such a sappy note, gosh, let's move on. <laughs> um, but I thought it'd be really fun to um, just do kind of a recap. I looked at my notes from last year's recap and I read through what my prediction of what I thought 2020 would be all about and my goals for the year and whatnot. Um, But first kind of a recap of what happened in 2019. That was the year that I really, and I'm directly quoting from my notes. This is interesting. I said, 2019 has been the year that I feel like I have really established my business and begun to develop expertise within a niche. Um, Because yeah, uh, 2019, early on that year, that was the year that um, I moved into specializing, working with Christians in the discernment of their calling, rather than just secular concepts like maximizing your personal happiness. Not bad, just a little little or a lot different of a focus. Um, But yeah, it was the year I began to develop um, expertise within that niche or competency within it. Uh, And it's also had been a monumental year, I said, in terms of spiritual and personal growth. Um, But overall, 2019 has been a year where I've grown roots, tried a ton of things, overindulged in pursuing too many ideas and interests. Oh my gosh, yes, I remember that. I was like major shiny object syndrome and had no focus in my offerings or my business. But I said, and throughout the process, I've settled into the very specific things that I want to pursue. And I remember that my two intentions for 2020 were focus, uh, specifically in mastering just my private coaching offerings. So I developed that into two different offerings. If you look on my website, you can see them quite easily. But the deep dive private career coaching experience, um, That's the signature experience I work with most of my clients through helping them both through the end to end process, like A to Z, helping them discern their calling, practically distill that into real job opportunities that align with it um, and would be technically satisfying and fulfilling to them, as well as honoring their preferences. And then also... um, actually landing that job, all the practicals of the actual job search strategy to land better job offers faster. Um, So I really focused on leveling up and mastering that service offering. Uh, And then also my other service offering, which is the Career Clarity Kickstart. Uh, In 2019, I didn't even call it that, but Uh, which is basically just the first half of that process of the discernment of the direction that you feel called to go to in your career and boiling down uh, one to usually three career options that are predictably going to be a wonderful fit for that. Um, But yeah, so I would say my, uh, well, I didn't say my other intention for 2020. First, it was focus. uh, And then two, it was pray about everything. Uh, which I really do believe that both of these were, if I could just, having hindsight now, look back on 2020, I would literally say that those two words are some of the biggest things that characterize the year. So praise God, I really believe that those were inspired from him. Um, But anyway, so pray about everything. Here's what 2020 actually ended up being. Like I said, mastery, focus on building the foundation of my business so I can now scale in 2021. Definitely that happened 100%. Then two, I definitely 
definitely had a deepened reliance on the Lord through hardship. Um, and I could get into that a little bit more later, but I, I literally <laughs> prayed more than I ever have in my entire life. Um, not just out of desperation, but I, and gosh, guys, I'm sounding so dramatic. I'm sorry. Um, but I, oh gosh, you have to laugh at yourself sometimes, especially me. Oh goodness. I know I could sound, um, a little bit, I don't know, probably like I'm reading some kind of drama novel, but anyway, so I, not just out of desperation, um, that's not just where the prayers were coming from, but I learned the joy of it and why God calls us to have a prayer relationship with him literally because it is so, sorry, I need to stop saying literally, but it's so life-giving. Um, it is just such a privilege to actually, if you sit there and think about it, like communicate with, um, what I believe is the God of the universe is, and to have that personal relationship, um, and to not only come to God in prayer for my requests, which was largely how I would categorize my or characterize my prayer life before, but come to him in prayer out of joy and praise and processing and bringing my emotions to him uh, pre-reflection before I have them panned out. Um, God wants us to be uh, wants us to rely on him as our emotional home um, of safety, our refuge. And I learned that and oh my gosh, I've seen the most amazing things happen uh, as a result. Again, like I said, it wasn't all bad. I had the highest of highs in 2020 as well. Um, but then the last thing I would say about what 2020 really ended up being like was it was a time when my motivation in my business and my career really fundamentally shifted uh, from being about creating a life that I love, even though I would say like I very conscientiously tried to make it more service oriented, more um, faithful and like this is my calling. But I really did think a lot of that was still stewing in my subconscious, just like, oh, this is about I, like, I get to enjoy the freedom of flexibility and autonomy, and I get to enjoy the benefits of being a business owner, uh, which I would say that's how an early stage business owner feels before they take on responsibility, like hiring people and um, taking on more clients, which is a gift in and of itself. But now I'm like, oh, I don't think I have so much uh, as much of that um, to enjoy, which is not a bad thing. But I would really say that my motivation shifted from just being about, not just, but really tempted, being tempted to create a life that I love to actually truly having a motivation for being ambitious about serving others, feeling like I was truly connected with the responsibility, like the feeling of responsibility that I have to scale what I do, increase my impact, wake up earlier, push harder for once, not because of my, how I could connect that to my own gain, but truly because I had a heightened sense of awareness that time is short and I have something that if I really believe that I'm called by God to do this for his glory and the good of others, why would I not pursue that to the utmost? 
not as just like self-expression and enjoyment of the perks of why I chose this life, but because I have a sense of duty to it. Not out of like, I have a savior complex, but just like, this is a gift. Why would I not be like, if I characterize like such a foundational verse that has informed my entrepreneurial endeavors has been the parable of the talents. And y'all have heard me talk about this in Matthew chapter 25 of, I don't want to be like the servant who was given just one, um, a measure of treasure. Like that's kind of what the, the talent it actually was like, I don't know, a piece of, um, uh, what am I currency? There we go. Um, but I love how just it's almost a euphemism for like your abilities and your opportunities that God has entrusted you with too. But I don't want to be like the servant who was only entrusted with a little bit, just one talent and out of fear of losing it, um, or not doing well or whatever insecurity, he squandered it and he put it in the ground and it didn't do anything, you know, whereas the other servants with who were given five and 10, they immediately invested it, they multiplied um, their master's wealth. And it wasn't because that was their gain to receive. No, that was the master's wealth. They were just called to do the right thing with it, multiply it and be faithful with what they were given. And then when the master came back, Um, and checked on their work, he said to the good servants, well done, good and faithful servants. Come, you have been faithful with few, and so I will entrust you with much. Um, And come now and share in your master's happiness. Your master's happiness. Like none of what I have in my life, I believe is mine, but it's God's. Um, And so I, I just really came to understand all of that at a much, much deeper level that actually really changed my daily motivation patterns. Um, And I am so grateful. I prayed for that a lot um, because I knew what I had wasn't working. But um, I also just had this heightened sense of awareness that in addition to what I said, that time is short and I have something important to build for others. But then I also started to think of like, I don't know, just like the basics, like I want to do this for hopefully a future family and my community and all of this stuff. Um, and anyway, uh, I would just really say that this year I shifted out of this business is an expression of who I am to I want this business to be an expression of who God is. Um, and so on... <laughs> On my best days, I try to pursue that. I'm not saying uh, it always goes that way or I always am so pure in motives, but I am I really am so grateful that that um, inner shift happened because I certainly prayed for it. Um, and it has lit a fire under my tush like little Elsa ever has. Um, so uh, anyway, I just realized I really wanted to build a system um, and distill wisdom that others could also use long past when I'm gone. So that's kind of the, I had just a lot more long-term goals than I ever had. Uh, But let me get to the highlights of what this year held. All right, let's go to some good news. So this podcast, wow, uh, it's almost at 11,000 downloads now. Uh, We did the the marker that we definitely celebrated, 
and I say we because I posted about it and I got like so many amazing messages of encouragement and just people celebrating along with me and all the Spotify um, year in review reposts where y'all were showing, hey, I love this podcast. It's my top one that I was seriously so blown away by that. Um, so really huge uh, thing to celebrate for the podcast. And also in terms of the projects that I worked on within it, um, I uh, created or I started the job library, which is a project that continues to make an impact. Now, even quite a few of my clients have been um, using that to kind of supplement their information, informational interviews that they're doing as a part of their job uh, research. And it has helped so much. And now they're able to like connect with the people I interviewed and talk more. And so I really, I had a solid vision for how impactful I thought that would be. But there's even been a lot of things beyond that, that I've been just really so grateful for. Um, and I hope to continue or pick back up with the job library at some point. Um, but I also did a mini series with my prayers for y'all, which I didn't really imagine myself doing something that felt so, um, well, I was going to say vulnerable, but I'm really no stranger to that. I think obviously Q, uh, I don't know, about 15 minutes ago, I cried a little bit, <laughs> but I, um, just thought this is a career oriented podcast, but I never got so, I, how do I phrase this, have rarely received such a heartfelt response and messages like, just with other people in tears saying, um, you have no idea how that prayer spoke directly to what I was suffering alone with the most. And so that is just, I'm really grateful that that was impactful for y'all. Um, but I also did kind of like a counting roundup. I did 38 interviews uh, in the last year and 25 solo episodes. Whew, that was a lot. Um, then in terms of my coaching practice, I did a lot of, well, I served a lot more people and I did a lot of curriculum development and review. Just again, like really being so motivated by that mastery and focus um, to not just like pump out a bunch of offers and whatever. Like I see a lot of um, small business owners, especially in the online space, which I know I'm super exposed to because... I am in that entrepreneurial sphere, but a lot of other people aren't. But I just see others like pumping out like a, a new masterclass, a new mini course, a new PDF download that's paid and a new coaching program, a new group program. And I got so caught up in that in the beginning. And I think I wasted a lot of time and I realized, no, actually, if my number one this is funny. Y'all could laugh at me, but slash what is there to laugh about? Okay. One of my biggest... Um, I would say entrepreneurial role models. This is so funny. You're not going to expect what I'm about to say, but it's Dave Ramsey. And I think I appreciate what he's done so much because I think he's made such an impact because he went for what is simple and he helps people through the common sense that they just don't apply and those, like his seven baby steps out of 
um, debt and that process into financial freedom is one that has helped millions of people and it will persist far past his lifetime. And so that's something I was really inspired by. So this year I went hard on just like testing, refining, testing, refining, like bettering my curriculum with every client that I uh, worked with. And so I also started creating the job offer accelerator, which was always a part of um, the deep dive program. I just formalized the uh, things that I would share with clients into like very in-depth how-to guides, templates, worksheets, and whatnot. And that's going to be open to uh, the public as its own like individual offering um, coming up towards the end of quarter one this in this new year. I know y'all have heard me talk about it a lot. Um, I've ended up, I think, obsessing over it so much that that has caused it to take a little longer than I expected. But I, anyway, I really enriched also the Called Career Core program, which is the six foundational guides that help my clients through the discernment process in of discerning what they feel called to do and then identifying a job that's aligned with it in tandem with our uh, private coaching sessions that we get to talk through more of that and go deeper. Um, and I enhance my client experience with an interactive portal and client management system that I'm so proud of. And I think it looks super refined if I can say so myself. Um, and then just at the end of the year, the company formally became the Called Career LLC. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then I also hired three people this last year. I mean, all part-time team members, um, but I hired a podcast editor, an executive assistant, and a marketing assistant. So I'm very, very proud and grateful to have their help. And it's certainly been such a shift though to go from solopreneurship to, I would say like real entrepreneurship, (laughs) but such a good, good thing. I also officially relaunched my beautifully updated website. I think, gosh, I I think I worked on that for uh, so many weeks this summer. It's crazy. I probably put way too much effort into (laughs) obsessing over all the details, but I was really proud of all the updates that got launched. And I also hosted my first webinar and spoke at the Mays Business School in person before everything shut down, sharing a bit about my story. Um, And the business school that I referenced that was my alma mater at Texas A&M University. Obviously, y'all know if you've heard literally any other podcast, I talk with a lot of Aggies and also make it no secret that I was one. But anyway, so I shared a bit of my story or I got to um, in the spring with the Mays Business Fellows Program, uh, which I was just so proud uh, to get to speak with them for a little bit. Uh, And then I also served uh, a lot more people from, (laughs) in terms of clientele, from accountants to engineers to consultants, people in supply chain operations to real estate development, academia, nonprofit, philanthropy, to um, a retail purchasing analyst, to people experiencing unemployment who were now using this as a chance to pivot into something they'd actually really love to do, uh, to stay-at-home spouses, to someone in ministry, to I helped an artist and a, and multiple teachers and um, people in sales and someone going into the entertainment industry and 
um, people in high level tech jobs to nurses and whoa, like so, so many. So I got the privilege of helping people go to and from quite a few industries, uh, which was a huge privilege um, that I just really enjoyed helping people uh, and getting to celebrate with them once they finally got into something that might be totally different than what they expected, might be what they always expected to do, but somehow just hadn't gotten into it yet. So much of a range. (laughs) It was the best moments, certainly the high highs that I keep referencing were the celebrations that I got to have with um, my clients. That was just such a gift. Um, And as a fun aside, three of my clients also built businesses with two more are also in the works, which is just really, really neat. Uh, And then one of my greatest privileges was seeing two past clients and a friend um, believe in this work so much that they started sponsoring other people to do it. And I was just so humbled. Um, that's not even the word. I, I, I couldn't really find words um, for how it felt uh, and how moved I was to be a part of that. Um, I would say just like joining arms with them to say like, hey, I really think that we're going to be in an ambitious ministry of trying to help other people. And if I have the capabilities uh, and you have the resources and whatnot, then let's do this and help people who maybe career coaching is not, uh, wouldn't otherwise be accessible as a service to them. Um, So that was just really such a gift. And then personally, some updates slash highlights. Let's see. I made a lot of new friends over Zoom. (laughs) Seriously, I was not about to put my social life on hold. But then also just business-wise, it was so amazing to build so many friendships um, just from Uh, connections saying like, hey, I love what you're doing now. Do you know this person? I feel like y'all would be friends. Or um, hey, do you know this person in Austin that's with this startup? I think that y'all would be friends and you could learn so much from him. And then I essentially, just to really boil it down, I feel like I became friends with quite a few super connectors this year and just had the most fun when Uh, you really trust someone and like them so much. It's like, hey, you're cool. And I trust that anyone you think to connect me with is also cool. And so I made a lot of new friends that way. Um, And I don't know if that sounds super weird the way that I explained it or if it sounded vague. It's not just like business partnerships. It's literally me taking a spoon of my own medicine and kind of going off uh, in a deeper level on the principle of informational interviews. I still actively seek to learn from so many people. I reach out to recruiters to learn from them and their best industry practices and what they see really works well and what doesn't. I reach out to other business owners. I reach out to people who um, are in a lot of different industries. I also take it as my job to deeply know of a lot of different career options and know of people in those industries niches and roles so that I could connect my clients with them so they could have a real person to say hey yeah I actually got into this career here's how you could do it too and here's how you really know like the day in and day out if that's going to be something you would really like to do or not just like being giving a really detailed insider view of what it's really like so 
I did make a lot of new friends over Zoom and it was so fun. And I also got to go to Nashville with my pal and former podcast guest, Maria. I love her so much for a little business and career vision retreat. It was so fun. I meant to plan out 2021, which I did, but then of course, classic, I ended up planning out the next 40 years of my life, which then also classic became a little overwhelming and I realized I needed to stop planning so much and start doing, which is what I have been doing. So yay, personal growth. Um, but then I also traded in my little electric car for a coupe and I couldn't be happier. I really miss driving fast. That is a high value and a hobby of mine. I volunteered with my church's children's and teen ministry, which are two different ministries, which got a little bit insane in terms of the schedule. And I also got super burnt out, to be honest. And I also realized... I am not the best with little children, but teens, you have my heart. And I really loved that. So I ended up working more with the teen ministry, but it was certainly a growth experience to um, be among four and five-year-olds. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so uh, I also, like I said, I prayed before, like I have not ever before <laughs> and I experienced the joy of it. And I also... Um, Gosh, I don't ever know what to say about this. I'm just looking at my notes and I, and here's the bullet point. I'll just be honest and read what it says. It says, I experienced, <laughs> this is, well, very candid, but I experienced the greatest pain and grief, honestly, of my life thus far. Uh, and I think that I left that bullet point open-ended as if in the moment of recording, I would know if I wanted to reveal what that was or not. Um, it was the ending of, of uh, I'll just say like a extremely significant relationship, um, which was obviously very hurtful and I didn't see it coming uh, whatsoever. So yeah, that was extremely hard um, among some other things. So I was also really, really close to a lot of people who um, experienced significant losses of all kinds. Um, like very unexpected deaths of loved ones and some other things. And I really felt like I was kind of a, a key support system, a support person to a lot of people also just, I mean, going through those things. And I take that as a tremendous honor. And just honestly, though, um, it, it did just add to um, just really the weight of this year. Um, but I also, why did I even write this? Whatever, you're getting the real truth. I, I started to actually experience uh, quite a bit of hair loss. Uh, so I say all these things always like quite candidly in case it is helpful to those of you who are like, I'm in my mid twenties. Why the heck am I losing my hair? Or I'm a young person of whatever age. This doesn't make any sense to me. What is happening? You might really want to look at your stress and your sleep, um, and vitamin deficiencies, I think all of those brewed up to a pretty perfect storm, but I'm very glad to report. I think here's what I really want to say. If you're going through that, there's a light at the end of the tunnel because it's coming back now. So it's all good. I'm not going bald. Um, after I really pursued a lot more health measures and, um, and whatnot. So 
anyway, I just feel like a lot of people don't talk about that. But then once I started opening up to my friends about it, they're like, oh yeah, I experienced hair loss, but it came back. So it's okay. Or people pretending like I didn't know what I was talking about and I wasn't really losing my hair, even though I was like coming out by the handful. It was crazy. Um, but anyway, you're not alone if that's you. But uh, the passage uh, and the verse that I held on to the most this last year, that just really moved me so much and helped me through and gave me a lot of courage uh, when I needed it most. Um, I think I might have shared this probably in some of my episodes in which I shared about my prayers or the prayer mini-series. Um, but I talked about Job chapters 38 through 41, right towards the end of the book. Um, when God speaks to Job, and if you're not familiar with the story of Job in the Bible, this is a man who was uh, very, he was like the best dude in all the land, like very righteous, beloved by God so much. Um, and he glorified God so much and just led an incredibly upright life. But then uh, he experiences the greatest pain, loses everything, he, like a tragedy kills all of his family, like 10 children, I believe, takes away all of his wealth, uh, kills all of his cattle, which was, you know, all of his wealth. Um, and also his health diminishes and he has open sores on his body. And it's just, you actually, I think very few people could ever, I haven't heard about anyone being able to say they had it worse than him. So that's kind of the setting of this book. Um, and much of the book is, um, Job's friends coming to him and trying to actually, I would really just recommend that if you don't know about the story, or even if you do, it is the most helpful, crazy, insightful thing to look up the overview that the Bible project does go to their YouTube channel, the Bible project, uh, their commentary on the book of Job. It is so fascinating in how it addresses the topic of grief and trust in trusting in God when it, it seems like your life is just turning upside down and you're wondering if he has forsaken you. Um, so I would highly recommend you go look up that. But in Job chapters 38 through 41, this is when God speaks directly to Job after he has, Job has fully expressed his anguish and even expresses that he's uh, losing faith in some way. But God goes on the most epic monologue that I think the Bible contains, <laughs> putting Job in his place, essentially saying, uh, and I'll kind of take out excerpts from 38 verses one through four. The Lord spoke to Job out of the storm and he said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man and I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? And he also said later in uh, verses 16 through 18, so kind of going on from that theme of where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been known to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of this earth? Tell me if you know all of this. And essentially... <laughs> that just kind of forces Job to say like, no, I, I 
you are God and I can't understand all these things and I can't make it as black and white as my life is going bad. I don't deserve this. Uh, you've cursed me. You're unfair, God. But essentially, this monologue helped me like nothing else in obeying what it says in Psalm chapter 46, which is to say, which is to be still and know that I am God. I as in God, not me as in Kelsey, but be still and know that God is God. Just you have to give him your faith that you can't understand, but you can know on the reliance that he is good, no matter what um, my human judgments would make of a situation and what's fair and what's not. But then after Job is put in his place um, and acknowledges the might of the Lord, he says at the beginning of chapter 42, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things that I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. And then it goes on to the end of the book where um, God restores everything he had and double, like twice as much. Um, And so anyway, that whole passage just kind of apprehended any bitterness before it would even come up. Because I know I don't deserve anything. I know I can't make sense of anything, but I'm just going to rest in the character of the Lord and what I know about him, that he is good, that he loves me, that he has been merciful to me all of my days, literally all of my days. There has been no, no measure of graciousness that has not been extended to me. And so to rest on that um, has been so, so important and powerful. And on a more lighthearted note, here are some things that I have loved this year. Um, I've loved going on more walks. I've loved taking cardio, hip-hop dance classes. Um, I go to a studio occasionally before COVID got really bad in the cases where I lived. Um, there's this huge studio that's like enormous room and it's all taped off and everyone's distanced and whatever. So anyway, that was great. I never got COVID from it, but I've stopped going. But anyway, so I also fell back in love, uh, back in love with cooking. Uh, I am convinced it's a form of therapy. Also, I seriously fell in love with, love with LinkedIn. I I'm just so blown away that we have this capability to connect with anyone and look them up and learn from their careers and whatnot. Um, I've actually just made also friends from LinkedIn connections, like seriously clicking buttons and just connecting with people. And then we end up starting a conversation and then we end up being friends and I end up learning a lot from them. Anyway, lots of stuff. Can't even explain it. Um, I also fell in love with puzzles and my sister. So I loved my sister before, obviously. I, If you don't know, I have an identical twin sister. Her name is Kirsten. We live together here in Austin. Um, and we also started our businesses alongside each other. I really recommend that if you don't already know her personally, um, you should go to her website to just see a little bit more about what she does. She should be so proud. Um, her It's kirstenkemp.com, by the way. But anyway, so um, I just in such a deeper way, and this happens pretty much every year, 
I just have a whole new measure of depth to how much I realize I am lucky to have her as a companion in life and in business when I could have been so isolated um, and without help in any stage. I'm not just talking about in the pandemic. I'm talking about being an early, early stage business owner when you don't know what the heck you're doing to have that with her. And so we could relate and comfort each other and champion each other through it, uh, through um, times of deep growth or questioning in our faith to go through that together. I feel like we just go through everything together. And I realize more and more each year how much of a gift it is that God gave her to me as a sister. Um, and I'm just so grateful. And I know that might sound like, oh yeah, Kelsey, like you're a twin. Everybody knows it must be cool to have a twin. I wish I had one. Um, I really don't say anything I just said lightly because uh, it is, I'm sure, impossible to understand if you aren't a twin. Just like I can't really understand what it's like to be an individual child. Um, but we actually had a very hard time time in our relationship growing up, um, just with the comparison and the natural competition that we felt pitted against towards each other. And um, also having an individual identity was, it's something that's very healthy for everyone to have. I didn't feel like a really garnered one, a sense of that individuality and health and like I'm my own person until we went to college in separate places. <laughs> so um, that created a lot of contention. Uh, also, we happen to be the literal opposite personality types in the same looking kind of form, but on the inside, we are so, so like literally couldn't be more different. Um, and we're both very strong personalities. So the fact that God has just brought us to where we are today, when literally so many times over the years, not so many. Um, really, there was about two or three very marked times in our life where we actually thought like, I, I might have to distance myself, like we might not ever have a close relationship. And I think I need to kind of take you out of my life. Um, so I don't say that lightly. The fact that God has genuinely brought us to a point where we are best friends, deepest companions, we joke that it's almost like we're a married couple. But anyway, so um, to round out, I'm going to talk about um, my favorite books also that I discovered um, or rediscovered in 2020 and also my uh, intentions for 2021. So in terms of books, I cannot, cannot recommend the following books enough. I think I might do a podcast episode going into this first one, especially just like really, I so believe that you need to read this book, but um, Never Eat Alone, The Third Door. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Never Eat Alone, I believe is the networking book that everyone must read to understand um, how to really build the career that you hope for. Um, and not in a just I get what I want from other people, but in a really expansive, um, like actually leading with a lot more generosity than what you get in it. I 
it's hard to explain and this is why I need to put time and intention into creating an its own episode or putting this into its own episode but um I really believe that if you want to have a large impact or any impact or um not feel isolated in your career like a lone wolf I actually I don't think that there's any contingencies on this I just think that you need to read uh, Never Eat Alone um, by Keith Ferrazzi, I believe is his last name. Um, but then also The Third Door. This book is an incredible case study and testament of what can happen when I believe I would characterize it as when you apply the principles of Never Eat Alone. Um, this, I could go into it for a while. I think I'll just keep this more brief. But The Third Door is something a book that I recommend to all of my clients. It shows what can happen when you really put yourself out there. And I love also the lessons in it. The author um, is describing his journey from being a freshman, uh, quote, nobody college student to ending up having a major book deal and interviewing the likes of Bill Gates, Lady Gaga, Bill Clinton, all this stuff. Um, crazy, crazy stuff. And then writing the book about his journey to getting there and how he always took that third door, like not the two obvious versions, but he would jump over anything that he needed to. Um, And it was so unconventional and crazy and so inspiring and captivating. Um, And then he also practically really distills down um, what he learned in how to connect with people and also how to ask for mentorship. Um, It and just get mentors in a lot. Even Larry King became his mentor. What? So crazy. Um, So I really recommend that you read The Third Door by Alex Benayan, The Master of One, or just Master of One, about mastering one, uh, mastering the craft that you are called to do, and just really pursuing that with excellence by Jordan Rayner. I cannot recommend that book enough, Master of One. Um, Also, this is about to get pretty... No, I'll save that last one uh, for the end. It's pretty entertaining. But um, more practically, The Defining Decade by Meg J. How to Use Your 20s um, Very Well. Uh, And then Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. Oh my gosh. You also need to read Everything is Figureoutable to establish resourcefulness in your life. I can't tell you how many people, including myself at times, feel um, or excuse themselves to victimhood. Like, I don't have contacts in that industry or I don't know anything about it. I don't have any experience. I can't make it happen. I don't have a business degree. How could I start a business? Read this book. Truly, Everything is Figureoutable if you... Well, apply the principles that she explains. So highly recommend that. Oh, this is a classic. I read this, I think, for the third time this year. The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I know that Marie Kondo insists that you only need to do the process once and it works for life, but somehow... I have needed to do it three times, but it's been a good thing. So I really recommend that. The last thing that I kind of laughed at and I said I would save it to the end is, okay, this is kind of embarrassing. It's not embarrassing, whatever. So it's this book titled How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. I know it sounds so 
weird and like, I don't know, it sounds like a bitter person would read that book. Nope, not at all. I recommend this book to everyone because it is a, um, like this, the relational attachment model, I think that's what it's called. No, I think I got that wrong. Um, that this psychologist provides has been taught to millions of people over many decades in his career. And it's proven a very, very solid um, framework for understanding the psychology behind how to I sound like a psycho. I'm not. I just think I'm a very thoughtful person, but how to um, understand the psychology of the dating process, how to identify red flags um, earlier, and then also um, really understand what decisions and criteria go into um, selecting a predictably suitable life partner, like for life. (laughs) So, um, I thought it was incredibly insightful and I rolled my eyes at the title for the longest time. Um, But I actually think, wow, this is just a book um, that describes a competency that I can't overstate how much I think every single person needs to understand it. Um, He describes the um, technical causes for infatuation and really creating another person in your mind than the person you're actually dating yeah, can't recommend it enough. Um, and no, I didn't read it because I was a bitter person. It's just, I thought, oh, I really want to be wise and thoughtful about understanding this. But anyway, so you could believe me or not, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm going to close out with my intentions um, for 2021. It is, this is, I mean, I'll first say on a personal note. I'll make it very, very simple. uh, And then I'll go on to my business intentions. Um, But, and and I, they get very detailed. I actually got the full focus planner by Michael Hyatt. And I, that should be another book. Technically, it's not really like you read it book. It's a planner, but um, I can't recommend that enough. It's helping me so much to find my goals and break them down into daily, weekly, monthly tasks. And I'm actually accomplishing them. Like it's January 11th. I've already knock some out of the park. So I'm very grateful for it. Um, But anyway, so on a personal note, I'll just keep it super simple. My intention for 2021 is to um, have incredible personal honesty. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about this. I highly recommend that you look up, I think it's on YouTube, one of his talks. No, it's in the 12 Rules for Life. I haven't read the book, but my sister was telling me about it. Um, And the principle just resonated so much with the deep need to have total personal honesty about how you're feeling, the ethics of everything you do, um, and everything. Like, I just thought, wow, I want... I want to practice radical honesty with myself, radical self-evaluation, not in a way that makes me overly stressed out or too inward focused, but I want to be honest with myself when I was unkind to my sister. I want to be honest with myself when I I do think I need to split hairs more often and like you could do better in this certain area of business um, or at, like even... Honestly, when, um, yeah, I guess I'll be very honest. Like even when I go on dates, I just want, I find myself 
every once in a while, well, really just once, like just wanting to give it a chance. Oh, no, no, no. Like just shove down this inner feeling that I have of like, oh, no, I don't think this is a good fit. And just playing along and shoving down what my intuition has been telling me because I've practiced kind of criminalizing my intuition because I don't want to be based on feelings and whatnot. But I think it's time to redeem it a bit and see the practical uh, implications and necessity of having radical personal honesty and diligence to execute on it. Whether that means I need to change something, improve something or whatnot, or be more honest with God, um, anything. I want to have a clear conscience. And a verse that really inspired this also was Romans. And by the way, it's not like I am like some unethical person that doesn't have a clear conscience. I think I um, always have just been very honest with myself. But I think when I went through a hard time um, last year, I, I think for the first time in my life, I started to want to feel numb to things. And that kind of obscures and has far more implications than I thought. I can't really compartmentalize my mind um, in that way and have it all work out well. So this is more of a, I need to return to, I think, what was going well for me before. Um, But anyway, so the verse that I really was inspired by in this principle is Romans chapter 2 verses 13 through 16. It says, for it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature the things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. I know I'm saying the law a lot. You might need to read this for yourself if you're more of a visual person. Also, this is the new international version um, in terms of a translation. But anyway, so even though they do not have the law, they do by nature what's required of it. So they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their consciousness, their conscience, (laughs) I'm sorry, their consciousness their consciousness oh my lord you guys i am having the hardest time come on kelsey you're almost at the end of this podcast i am going to have to restart the reading of this verse um how do you say that conscious consciousness there we go wow i i went to college i actually did okay i promise um so i'm gonna start over because y'all are probably really tripped up but um anyway so uh not all the way from the top but they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times defending them this will take place on the day when god judges people's secrets through jesus christ as my gospel declares paul was talking about this so that's from his perspective but what i take away from this is the the law and I know that the law sounds so intense and like very Old Testament and um, right, wrong, black, white, whatever. But um, knowledge of what is good and what is evil and then all the gray area of like slightly better, slightly not good <laughs> in between, um, that has been written on our hearts. Our consciences bear witness to this. 
And our thoughts sometimes accuse us and uh, other times defend us. And so I see this as just like a reminder of my need to pay attention, uh, pay attention to that because it is good. God designed that to be written on my heart and um, have my mind uh, bear witness to it. And so I just really what I took away from it was um, a renewed sense of I need to obey the law written in the Bible and on my heart. Um, I need to be very honest with myself at all times. Um, and I need to allow my conscience to bear witness, listen to it, act accordingly, whether my thoughts accuse me or defend my choices. Um, and I essentially, again, like just personal context, I think this is just, I need to have the bravery to comb through all my thoughts again, um, instead of just allowing myself to succumb to this habit that I started to pick up over in the last year of wanting to just not really feel as much. Um, but when I live Another takeaway, when I live in a pure and honorable way, taking God at his word, knowing that he placed his guidance in the Bible for me out of great love and provision and care for us, knowing what is best, even when we can't understand it or we try to say like, oh no, it can't really mean that, that's too restrictive, but he knows what is best and what is kindest towards us and what provides for us the best and what is healthiest. And then when I take on that yoke upon me, as it says, I think it's in Matthew 11, but that famous verse of like, his burden is easy and his yoke is light. Um, wait, oh my gosh, what is that verse? I need to look it up. Um, ver, I'm Googling verse. Lord, help me right now. Isn't it Matthew 11? Oh, well, the automatic Google search says 28. So, oh yeah, here we go. So come, come on. To, oh, why did it come up with the new, wait, no, it came up with King James version first. Why? No, let's get some NIV up in the sizzy. So it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is e easy and my burden is light. So, so it is, it seems like a burden. It seems like, um, like I am strapped in, like that's what a yoke is, like two oxen strapped together tilling a field. Um, I am under the law, but it actually provides the most freedom and the most joy and true hope. <laughs> and so um, that only then when I do that, will I truly feel free and full of joy. And I've experienced many tastes of that in my life. And so I really just want to come into this season of remembering it and being obedient to it. But um, now I will talk, goodness, I know that this is turning out to be a little long, um, maybe more than a little long, but I will wrap up with my business Um and just career intentions for this next year. But um, as I mentioned before, this last year was big on focus and building the foundations. And so now that I've done that, it is time to scale. It is time to consistently operate at max capacity of eight to 10 clients a month. You might be surprised it's that few, but 
it's actually, I, I devote a lot of time uh, and attention and there's so much work beyond just the coaching calls that I show up to and the clients I work with very much understand this. Um, but maybe on the outside, it's hard to, but I'm going to max out at eight to 10 clients a month. Then by the end of the year, start designing a self-study option for the process um, I've developed that helps you through the discernment of your calling and the identification of a real practical job opportunity that best aligns with it. Um, I'm also going to launch, and by the way, I'm just over the years will be transitioning to both a coaching and a self-study e-course model just so we could expand capacity um, and reach more people. And again, if Dave Ramsey is my uh, <laughs> my career role model, I would love to have something like Financial Peace University um, and help a lot of churches by extending that program to them as well. That's a dream of mine. Um, I'm also going to finally, like I mentioned, offer or launch the Job Offer Accelerator um, in this first quarter of the year. Um, have really been cooking up a lot, but I've been very careful and extremely thorough to not rush that because I'm working on rounds of revision, testing, interviewing more uh, experts in different industries, more recruiters, getting more feedback from hiring managers I know, just to really make sure that this is like such an airtight program for you guys, because I am not a done is better than perfect person. I know plenty of people are, and that's a phrase that is lauded as you need to embrace this to be successful, but I am not concerned with quick wins. I am concerned with creating excellence that will speak for a long time and have a legacy and um, be principles that last. So anyway, that's what I'm focused on. That's why I've taken a bit longer, but um, I'm also, I have the intention to book one to two speaking engagements a month. So far I'm on track with that. Um, and also, well, also if you are part of a student, Christian student organization at a university, a professional society for um, young, or it doesn't just have to be young professionals um, of any kind, uh, or a church if you'd like me to come speak to your young professionals ministry as well. I'm totally open to any invitations and would love to share my uh, signature talk on the biblical definition of a calling, what it is, what it is not, how to discern it, and how this influences the way we select and approach our vocations. So that's what I love to talk about because I believe that these are things that every Christian must know. Like this is what God intended us to know and be benefited by really helps in the vocational sphere. Um, but anyway, so I also have a lot of financial goals like finishing up um, my fully funded personal and business emergency fund. Hey, Dave Ramsey, you'd be proud, which is now expanded because I've taken on more team members um, and just need to have multiple months of full business expenses covered if, <laughs> who knows, we go through another pandemic and that actually uh, hits my business in some way. Um, shovel a lot more into my retirement while I'm still in my 20s to make the most of compounding interest, holler, get it while you're young, um, and then start saving up for a house. And also help Kirsten move into her house that she plans on buying this spring. I am so proud of her and I will still be living with her. So I will be her tenant. <laughs> um, but then I also have a personal goal to get the frick out of Austin. I love Austin. You know, I don't make any butts about that, but I would also love to 
get that Rona shot and then travel. Let's go. I would love to go back to Mexico City. That's my favorite city in the world as of this point. Even though I've been to, I say I've had the privilege of, I'm very grateful to have been to about 20 countries in many, many, many cities. It turns out that one of my favorites in the world is right in my backyard, little below Texas in Mexico. Mexico City is incredible. The culture, the vibrancy, the kindness, it, the art, the food, can't beat it in my opinion. Um, and anyway, so that that is that, you guys. You know, I, um, oh, excuse me, as I come away from the mic, my computer's on 3% battery and I'm just keeping it super real with y'all. And I would just close off the podcast and say, there we go. That's what we get for the day. Um, but I really would love to say a prayer before I close out um, because I just think that, well, that's something I did last year and it's really meaningful. And also let's just go along with the theme about pray about everything. Um, so anyway, also to encourage you guys, I really want to pray over your year. Um, so let's, let's go for it. Oh, Lord, thank you so much. Um, that I'm even talking to you right now, just that you extend beyond almost what's, it's hard to comprehend, um, that you extend, um, not only an offer, but a deep desire for us to have a personal relationship with you. And you care intimately about our comings and our goings and the ins and outs of our lives. And you, you care for us. You want us to, um, you want us to have joy and peace and gentleness and you made us really to be with you in heaven um but you also intimately know um jesus the hardships of this world and you're acquainted with our sorrows and there's no one more compassionate than you when it comes to um our cries out to you lord when it gets hard so thank you so much that uh just for every single time you have heard me, heard us in the last year, even when we don't see our requests answered so obviously or quickly or in the way that we would hope. I do know that you have heard us and that is a gift. And we could know, thank you, oh, that we could know that you work all things to the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. That assurance, it reminds us, it's not to say that um, our life will be without hardship on earth or that we'll have all that we want and hope for in heaven here in this lifetime on earth, but our hope is in our eternity with you. Thank you that we could look towards that. Like you say, um, Lord, help me with my scripture memorization, but in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, um, we're called to set our eyes on the hope set before us, um, that we would run, you know what? It's worth looking up. I'm going to do this again. Hebrews 12. Sorry guys. It's so worth it. It's so good. Um, all right. 
It says there, starting at the beginning, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Lord, thank you for your example. Thank you for this hope. And thank you for this direction that you have given us. This this source of hope um, that we are secure in you and that we have a hope of being with you one day where every tear will be uh, wiped away. And because of that truth, that gives us the courage to endure anything. And when we set, please, I ask that you help us to help us to run with perseverance. As you say, the race marked out for us. Help us to take the faithful road this year. Help us to shift our motivations from being self-preserving to being extremely generous um, to being glorifying to your name and being so concerned with how can I be an ambassador for Christ? How can I be a source of love and hope for others as you've called us to be? Help us to experience the absolute relief of not thinking of ourselves so much, honestly, but setting our eyes on you and the things that you have given us to steward. I ask that you help us in every way and every step of the way so that we may run that race faithfully over our lives, but then specifically over this next year so that at every milestone, um, you help us to be faithful and so that we might hear, well done, good and faithful servants, come and share in your master's happiness, as I shared before. Um, Lord, please help us to be a people of hope, be a people of joy and of peace. Not thinking so much on or being so surprised or so taken aback when life is difficult because you never ever promised or even modeled for us that life would be easy. But would you please help us to accept that that is not the point of life. Our personal enjoyment is not the point of it. But instead experience the inexplicable joy, actual inexplicable joy, um, that we receive when we set our eyes on you, when we get to know you and get to know um, just the stability and permanence of your love for us and your provision for us. I ask that this year is filled with so, so many moments of awe towards you that even on a weekly, on a daily, on a multi-daily basis that we would look up and be like, wow, God, you are so gracious to me. You are so faithful. Wow, that was a miracle. That was incredible. I ask that you help us to be perseverant in prayer, that that would be our natural inclination to go to you first. Would you teach us to pray through and process through our fears and our anguish and also our joy and our praise and our hopes in you? instead of hiding them from you and saying, I want this, make it happen. 
would you help us to be a people of surrender um, so that we could just joyfully receive the things that you have placed in our way? And would you help us to acknowledge your hand in our lives that uh, things aren't just by accident, that you really do care for us in all the ways that even we can't understand or even see as good? Would you help us to see you as good? Um, and reflect on the truth of your character throughout any ups and downs that may come. Um, And specifically career-wise, I really ask that you bless each and every person listening in their vocations, that this would be a year that they are going to experience more fruitfulness, more energy in their work, more favor in their work than ever. And would you allow that to just multiply year after year, producing such a fruitful harvest for um, that glorifies you, glorifies you and genuinely serves other people in the way that you know are needed? I ask that the person listening clearly sees that their work is an answer to someone's prayer this year. That's so encouraging. It's so encouraging to see glimmers of how you... Um, weave together the tapestry of our civilization um, to even um, help each other in that way and be answers to each other's prayers. That is just so, so special when that happens. So yes, please um, bless each of these people's families and their finances and their careers. Would you please... um, answer the prayers and the cries on their heart right now and would you help them to go to you with any praise and any request and any feeling this year and experience the joy of what happens when we do that we love you so much lord thank you so much for uh 2020 i pray that you um help us to appreciate it more and more that we would not just wish time away because time is such a gift it's such a silly thing to like wish it away or wish it were over or be glad that it's over. Thank you. That was time. Like you say, this is the day the Lord has made. And so I will rejoice and be glad in it. I say that scripture all the time. Help us to say that no matter what and not wish away time or wish it to speed up. Help us to take each and every day and be faithful with it all for your glory and the good of others. In your mighty name, thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, my friends. Whoa, I just looked up. We are at an hour and 12 minutes. I'm going to stop it right there. Um, But I really hope that anything that I had to share was edifying or encouraging in any way. I mean, that is the basic goal of this podcast. Um, And also, future self, if you're listening to this, hey, look it's all right you learn some things like what happened in 2020 uh we could be so grateful that's so trippy like what if like 40 year old me listens to this whoa hi if you're listening um anyway podcasts are such a weird phenomenon so anyway i will talk to you guys soon i hope that you'll have a wonderful or are having a wonderful start to your new year bye